Good day, my name is Nasser Karstens and I'll be taking you through the Kering investment idea. Right, so Kering is an established French luxury goods player. Uh, it controls brands such as uh, Gucci, Yves Saint Laurent and Bottega Veneta and specializes traditionally in soft luxury such as uh, clothing, uh, handbags and shoes. It does also have an eyewear um, segment, Kering Eyewear. However, the, the, the vast majority of earnings are derived from soft luxury sources. In terms of valuation, we rate the counter as a buy with an intrinsic value of 767 euros and 99 cents, which implies an upside of 15.6%. As of the latest close, this implies a 19.3% upside. In terms of our balance sheet, there are fairly high levels of debt uh, compared to historical averages. However, strong interest cover and strong cash flows negate our concerns. In terms of regulatory risk, we have the possible downstream effects of Chinese common prosperity. And essentially last year in August of 21, we saw uh, Xi Jinping, who's the Chinese Premier, or the Premier of the Chinese Communist Party, come out and um, raise the policy of common prosperity, which uh, aims to, to um, spread the wealth more equally within the Chinese society. We don't see this as having a direct impact, however, this is ongoing risk. In terms of our catalyst, Asia Pacific does provide growth opportunities, specifically with the Chinese market. In terms of geopolitical risk, we see a minimal Russian and Ukrainian impact. These two territories together make up a very, very small amount of revenue exposure. However, um, we have a possible medium to long-term risk um, and uh, and we would see a greater risk um, manifesting and, and uh, we would definitely see a re-rating if uh, we saw any military action, action between China and Taiwan. Right, so Kering is an otherwise mature company and uh, it is set to experience a few years of continued very high growth in the Asia-Pacific region and this is primarily due to a growing, uh, established and growing Chinese uh, upper and middle class. We forecast a 9.8% compound annual growth rate in sales over the next two years. Kering has a significant moat provided by its established brands, as we mentioned, Gucci, Bottega Veneta, Yves Saint Laurent. In total, Kering uh, owns about 15 brands. However, these top three uh, commandeer about more than about 85% of operating margin. Just to give an example, Kering makes up about 58% of revenue and makes up 77% of operating margin. This is something you see throughout the luxury goods um, uh, industry and this just speaks to the winner-takes-all nature of the business, even within companies such as Kering. Then uh, the traditional high net worth individuals that form the client base for luxury goods are much more resilient to hardship, however the share price is still very cyclical. Then, as we mentioned, Chinese current prosperity is an ongoing risk and something we continuously monitor just due to the disproportionately severe impact it had on the share price. We think it's very unlikely that the Chinese government will directly interfere in the spending habits of high net worth individuals. However, I think we're likely to see a uh, going forward a less conspicuous spending by Chinese high net worth individuals. Right, so this graph uh, just supposed to give you some uh, background about the landscape, how we think of valuations and how we view the company. So essentially with the grey line you can see our EBIT margin. From about 2000 to 2009 you can see that 
EBIT margin hovered at around 7% and then uh, aggressively took off to, to where it is now at about 20 to 30%. And uh, your blue line there, you can see um, your EBITDA multiple re-rated re over the same period and reflects the market's uh, reaction and sentiment to this. Uh, this happened primarily due to Kering focusing on its luxury brands and strategically focused on becoming a pure luxury player. And by doing so, it sold a lot of its non-luxury brands such as Volcom and uh, Puma. Right, so this graph just shows you over the past 10 years uh, what our, our EV EBITDA uh, multiple, multiples have been doing. You can see over the last five years, a uh, strong mean reverting level around 15.2 times uh, being established with your dotted lines being plus and minus one standard deviation. Right, so we value caring based on a bare base and bull case scenario, based on our market multiples and our EBIT margins, which we make different assumptions for. Right, so the, so the company currently has a EBITDA multiple of 12.7 times, which is below the five-year average of 16.1 times. Um, we weight our three scenarios, 30%, 30%, and 40% for our bear base and bull cases, respectively. We weight our bull case slightly higher due to uh, some of the reasons we discussed, you know, the resilience of high-net-worth individuals, um, higher growth provided by uh, Asia-Pacific, and um, then also this is, this is counterbalanced by, uh, by our position or where we are currently in the global economic cycle, and then also Chinese coin prosperity risk. As of your latest share price, we had a price of uh, 619 euros. Right, so this graph is just to show you uh, where caring lies relative to close peers. Uh, on the x-axis you can see your forward consensus uh, growth rate caring at about 18% over the next two years uh, cumulatively, uh, close to the uh, LVMH. And um, this, is, uh, this is what we'd expect since LVMH also competes in a similar uh, soft luxury and handbag space, quite similar to caring. On the y-axis, you can see your EV EBITDA multiples, um, carrying providing s uh, slightly bigger uh, headroom there uh, than LVMH. Right, for more detailed information, please uh, refer to the full report, which is available online. To place a trade, please speak to your financial advisor or contact our trading desk. Thank you very much.